The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So in that meditation, I was connecting breathing with the idea of letting go. And there's uh, letting go stands at the heart of the liberation teachings of Buddhism. They're easy to misunderstand, this idea of letting go. Uh, we get a little different flavor from it when we realize that there are many different words the Buddha uses for letting go, but a good, a good number of those words uh, are closely related or sometimes used um, uh, to also mean giving or generosity. And we, use, we do a little bit of that in English as well with the idea of giving up, which giving up is kind of a surrender, kind of a, kind of often popular colloquially kind of means kind of a, kind of a not having any hope or kind of surrendering to something. But I believe it originally meant offering something up to the altar. There's something sacred about this handing off and something we do with empowerment, with strength, with purpose. It's not a diminishment of ourselves or a loss of anything. And so uh, uh, this idea of giving and generosity <clears throat> implies that this letting go is actually something <clears throat> very wholesome and good. And we get some sense of that when we realize that when we let go fully, we're more fresh and available to receive, to be attentive, to see clearly without bias and prejudice and without the filter of our wants and not wants, our resentments and our, and our attractions, um, our repulsions. Just we're really there to see and experience what's there. And as, and so the same, so this metaphor of an analogy of using breathing for that, that we're, we're relaxing and letting go as we exhale, and then we're available to inhale. But because breathing is so intimately connected to our, uh, all the other aspects of how we live our lives, partly because we adjust the, uh, how much energy we need to do things by how much we breathe or we engage our breath in a certain ways uh, in order to best support us in times of danger and fear and times of joy and activity. And so there's a constant modulation and movement of the breathing. But we also do that when we have emotional reactions and we have desires about things which have nothing to do with the present moment. And, uh, and so the breath is constantly coming and engaging in different kinds of ways. And to learn, especially in meditation, to have an easeful breath, a relaxed breath, and then to see how in that easeful breath, as the breath gets held, we're probably attached to something, probably holding on to something, resisting something, concerned about something. And the, the, really, the more easeful and relaxed the breathing is, the more we can notice when things shift Sometimes in meditation, the breathing gets very, very quiet and still. And then lo and behold, you'll have some kind of thought about some person that you have some trouble with. And you can feel now the breathing has changed. It's getting more active, we breathe more fully. 
because of the, the shift of our concerns and the breathing's indication of what's shifted in our minds and hearts. To connect breathing with letting go of what we're holding on to uh, can be quite profound. And it, uh, it also kind of reminds us that letting go is not an end in itself. Letting go is also then, uh, with letting go to be available to see things as they arise. Things are constantly beginning and ending, arising and disappearing, much more than we usually meets the eye because, or meets, I don't know if that's the right word, meets the eye, meets the thoughts. Uh, because we're thinking about things and judging them or, or uh, think, uh, have ideas about them or conceptualizing about them, we tend to add to the present moment experience more continuity than there actually is in the river of time, the actually direct moment of, of experience. And the more we can kind of relax and soften the conceptual mind, the story-making mind, um, the more we're living in the present moment, uh, the more we kind of see how much and fully things are constantly changing and moving. And then to be able to be fresh for the next moment is a phenomenal gift to ourselves and the next and, and the world around us. And we can see that, you know, in small things like, um, like um, you know, we see a friend after some time and uh, rather than meeting the friend fresh, we meet the friends with uh, ideas of who the friend is and how, how we're supposed to be from how we were in the past. And I've made mistakes with friends where I see them and I blurt out something to them um, without being available to see what's new now, what's coming. And I remember once that a friend um, uh, turned out uh, the, my friend's best friend had just died in the last 24 hours. And, um, and I didn't take the time to be there fresh and open to find out where the person was at because I was continuing the momentum of our conversations, a way of being together in the past. So this idea of kind of being available fresh. The Zen teacher Suzuki Roshi, uh, he defined mindfulness in a kind of Zen way, his way maybe, as a readiness of mind, to be ready for whatever comes in, what comes arises. Suzuki Roshi also said <clears throat> that letting go, uh, what we really, we're not really letting go. Uh, he talks about we're allowing allowing things to go, um, in that things don't want to stay if, unless we hold on to them and cling. And it's a very generous thing to just allow things to go. And you can see that with certain emotions and certain thoughts, that they linger because we're involved with them, we're holding on to them, we're picking them up, we're picking into them, we're debating them, engaging them, planning them, fantasizing about them. But if we can just let go of the ways in which we're actively involved and holding on and reacting to them, even pushing them away, <clears throat> then a lot of these things in the mind <clears throat> don't have a lot of continuity power by themselves. And they'll just, they'll, 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 we allow them to go when they're ready to go. As some of you, and probably many of you know this, uh, I keep forgetting the exact length of time, <clears throat> but researchers of emotions in the last 20 years have said that if you leave an emotion alone, uh, it doesn't last more than a minute or two. 
um, in order for emotions to last longer, there has to be some kind of fueling it, involvement with it. And it's a kind of a challenging idea that our, you know, the way we experience our emotions, that <clears throat> that these difficult emotions that we have sometimes are being perpetuated by some kind of involvement we have. So, you know, it's a little bit of a challenging idea and disturbing idea for some of us at times. But it does point to the idea that at least some emotions continue because of our involvement. And then to learn to not to let go of that involvement, to respect the emotion, to allow it to have its own life. And if it's not being fed, the emotions will either fade away or morph and change into something else. And it's very respectful to let this inner life keep allowing it to arise and unfold. There's a lot of wisdom in our inner life that is limited when we're holding on to things and involved and blocking the new arising of things, the new appearing of things. So this idea of letting go is not a diminishment of who we are. I would say that it's an enhancement of who we are. It actually allows for some inner strength and, and uh, vitality and wisdom and intelligence and compassion, the best in us to start coming and appearing. What's worst in us tends to be a problem when we hold on to it and cling to it and reinforce it. But this idea of just letting go, letting go and being available for it arises, uh, is a beautiful thing. So to the, the, your breathing is your companion and friend in this regard. <clears throat> because you can find in the breathing how you're sometimes held and, and um, the breathing has shifted and changed in. Maybe the breathing has become more chest breathing than belly breathing or it's become faster or it's held in check or all kinds of subtle ways. But to come back to the capacity for an easeful breath, and in that easeful breath or close to it, to let go. Or to, or to develop a habit, a healthy habit, that you can, if you need to, on the exhale, to really be there for the exhale, so to help you let go of what you're holding on to, help you relax, help you settle, help you kind of de-stress. Um, breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathing is such a wonderful and powerful friend. It's well worth learning the skill, well worth taking the time. Not always easy, but it's a great thing. So, letting go. So we have one more day. Uh, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock we'll do another day on breathing. And uh, some of you are meditating a lot today. Some of you are living your life. And what you might do is see what you can do today. Experiment where, where it seems appropriate. So just experiment with just letting go of any ways in which you're holding. Um, Suzuki Roshi also said, uh, we're not letting go of things. We're letting go of the holding on things, the clinging to things. And, uh, and the analogy I like to use for that, or the metaphor kind of, is, um, you know, if I'm clinging to this striker, um, you know, and holding, gripping it tight for dear life, and then I realize how much it hurts to grip and how limited that life is, I could let go of it this way. Just drop it and 
if I just let it fall on the podium here, it would have made a big, not-so-nice sound probably. <clears throat> but it's another way of letting something go. And that is, we can release it, we can let go, but still hold it in our hands. It doesn't require something to disappear to let go. But in that open hand and holding in this way, there is an availability, an allowance of things to do what they do. And if the striker is actually a butterfly, it'll fly away. Or if it's a good thing to have, maybe it'll stay there and in the hope and hand, something new will come and useful will come. It's, it's available this way. So experiment and play around with and stretch yourself in this world of letting go. Take some chances today to let go and let go and see what it's like to meet your, anybody you meet or anybody you communicate with or email with. What happens if you can really let go before you actually start that engagement with someone? And can you then be available to see them in a fresh way, in a new way? So I say this kind of experiment today with letting go so that you'll maybe be ready for what will follow tomorrow morning. So thank you very much and may this day be a a, uh, happy day for you. Happy in letting go. Thank you.